Things are far from normal as the COVID-19 pandemic shows no signs of going away. But as the spread slows, the restrictions are eased and Ohio is opening back up. Businesses are getting back to business and some of us will be able to enjoy a county fair in one way, shape or form. We talk about how county fairs are going about making their decisions for a 2020 event and we check in on an industry hit extremely hard by the pandemic, the horse racing industry, later this hour. From the Ohio Farm Bureau studio, this is our Ohio Weekly, highlighting those who grow our food, fiber, and fuel, while examining issues that are important for farmers and their neighbors throughout the Buckeye State. Our Ohio Weekly is supported by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Now with this week's news feed, here's our Ohio Weekly host, Ty Higgins. The World Food Prize Foundation has named its 50th World Food Prize laureate. I am so pleased to announce that the distinguished university professor and director of the Carbon Sequestration Center at The Ohio State University, Dr. Ratan Lal of India and the United States, is the 2020 World Food Prize laureate. That was Foundation President Barbara Stinson. Dr. Lal is a trailblazer in soil research. He reconciled two opposing elements that we have been wrestling with for decades, the need for increasing food production and the necessity of restoring our soil, water, and climate. This year's award marks 50 years since agricultural scientist Norman Borlaug won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1970. This year's laureate epitomizes Dr. Borlaug's philosophy that science is meaningless if it does not serve humanity. In a virtual event, Ratan Lau explained how this idea is similar to his own philosophy. I believe that unless science is translated into action, it's not complete. His career has spanned five decades and four continents. Receiving the World Food Prize reaffirmed my very strong belief that the noble task of research and teaching of soil science and agriculture is a world-class profession, second to none. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo praised the laureate for the work that has had a global impact. Dr. Law's research in soil science shows that the solution to this problem is right under our feet. He's helping the Earth's estimated 500 million small farmers be faithful stewards of their land through improved management, less soil degradation, and the recycling of nutrients. The billions of people who depend on these farms stand to benefit greatly from his work. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue added his congratulations. Here at USDA, Our motto is to do right and feed everyone. The scientific innovations like those developed by Dr. Law embody this motto and the work that he and we are doing. He said the agricultural practices that Dr. Lau developed are now at the heart of the efforts being made to improve agricultural systems around the world. We here at USDA believe in the capacity of soil to be a vital living ecosystem that sustains plants, animals, and humans and know the importance of managing soil so they are sustainable for future generations. The research that Dr. Lawl has done has relevance to more than one-third of the planet's land area that is home to nearly 40% of the world's population. Which is work the secretary says is impressive. Congratulations to this year's recipient, Dr. Raton Lawl. Your work has shown the world the vital importance of caring for soils and a path to sustainable global food security. The USDA salutes you as a scientist and a humanitarian of the first order. The World Food Prize is the top global award for food and agriculture. The $250,000 prize will be awarded at a ceremony in October. Dr. Lau will donate the money for future soil and research education. He's the first from Ohio State to receive the World Food Prize Award.
Well, depending on what county you're in, you're not having a fair this year, or you're having a modified fair, maybe just a junior fair, or a full-fledged fair. Rod Arter joins us on our Ohio Weekly. He's the president of the Ohio Fair Managers Association. Rod, how you doing? Fantastic. You really have a bird's-eye view of seeing how the county fairs are going to be approaching their 2020 events. Uh, before we get into that, let's talk about the association as a whole. Tell us about the Ohio Fair Managers. The Ohio Fair Managers Association is an organization that works in union for all 87 county fairs, seven independent fairs, and the state fair. That's what it consists of. We hold an annual convention where most of the fairs book a lot of their entertainment and their vendors and things like this every year in January. And then obviously we work with legislation with the governor and the House and the Senate. And, you know, obviously that's paid dividends this year for fairs. And as we move forward, they obviously need it with the revenue they've lost from not being able to do all the events they would have accomplished earlier this year. You mentioned that this has been a busy year, and it has been for everybody, I think. Uh, Depending on your industry, uh, you need to make sure that you can continue to work and continue to bring in an income, continue to have fairs, uh, whatever the case may be for what organization you represent. Uh, County fairs, they had a big question mark uh, on their backs for, boy, a couple of months, I think, until we really got an answer as to how things would move forward. Can you walk us through the process of of when this all started in mid-March to today and and some of the ebbs and flows that came with uh, your industry as far as the fairs across Ohio go? Obviously, when this all came down with the the rules laid out by the governor, it would have been impossible for us to have a fair back in March. Uh, That being said, as uh, things got better, we had uh, several people that got the opportunity to testify either at the state senate or at the state house. And that being said, uh, several people in Columbus from around the state uh, kind of uh, saw our our problems and our, our wants. The governor wanted a junior fair only, and we, we found out that most fairs cannot afford to do just a junior fair. They, they need the revenue to pay, you know, the premiums and pay for the judges and pay for the facility. And that being said, uh, the governor come out with some help to try to help people have a fair. Anyone that's having any sort of affair is going to get X amount of dollars. And even if they don't have a fair, he's giving them some money to try to cover expenses. The governor created a state task force for fairs. Uh, there were four of us from the high fair managers that were on the committee. There was... Uh, Senators, representatives, veterinarians, uh, extension, uh, health departments, and it consisted of 20-some people, and it was uh, chaired by uh, past representative Jim Beakey, uh, who was a huge fair fan. We couldn't have had anybody any better to help put this together. And we have submitted our recommendations to the governor, and he, you know, went with most of them. We didn't, didn't work out exactly what we want, but since then he's even opened it up more. A lot of the rules are not as tough. Uh, recommendations are still there. As, as we've moved into the fair season, we've had a couple of fairs that have been successful to at least get started. So I want to talk about those, those fairs that are, have been underway uh, and, and have had success uh, here early on in the fair season. But many listeners may not have uh, a stake in agriculture, may be uh, from uh, more urban areas, and they might wonder, you know, how can you have a county fair if you can't have a state fair? Can you, can you walk us through the differences between the two and, and why the Ohio State Fair has been canceled but other county fairs can go on? Virtual Strickler, who is the fair manager of the Ohio State Fair, you can certainly talk to him. But they're, uh, they're in a different world, I should say. The contracts and 
that things they are so far out that they have to have all this, you know, in stone. Uh, most of your county fairs and stuff can, you know, change. Just for instance, the Pickaway County Fair basically puts their fair together in two weeks. You know, the high state fair can't do that. That's just impossible. You know, the ride company comes from out of state. They've got these huge concert contracts that they didn't know if they'd be able to set people. You know, they don't know what the rules will be when the state fair comes. Uh, our contracts are, are a little different. It'll allow us, in most fairs, you know, 50% grandstand, they probably can still, you know, make do. Uh, with Virgil and the state fair, they, that, that just couldn't happen. You and I both know we have the same home county fair, uh, the Hartford Independent Fair there in Licking County in Croton. Uh, grew up there, go there every year with my kids now. Uh, some people don't realize how important a county fair is to the community. Can you talk about that a little bit and, and why it is so important to to have a county fair and to get everybody together and, and have you know what some would consider the most important week of their year uh, continue to happen through COVID-19? Well, you and I both know from here you know growing up it was like almost like a family reunion from a small community like we're at uh these these kids have spent so much time on these projects and they they go to the fair they show them they meet new friends they grow relationships like the junior fair board we have at the hartford fair it's the most amazing kids i get the opportunity to interview them once a year and these kids just they're way beyond what you know, I was at their age, their talent, their ability. And this, this just, it's all about the fair experience that these kids don't forget. And it's, it's just very important. Rod Arter is the president of the Ohio Fair Managers Association, joining us on Our Ohio Weekly. As we mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, there have been a couple, three county fairs now that uh, are in the books and have uh, either had a modified fair or, as it is in Pickaway County, they had a full-fledged fair and, and did it all up. And they did it right, Rod. Uh, they had success and were able to have a fair uh, with everything included, uh, the fairs, the, the rides, the grandstand at 50%. Uh, so, obviously, through all this, you can have a fair. You can put those CDC procedures in place and be successful. Absolutely. We will uh, take uh, the Pickaway Fair and the Putnam County Fair and we will use the successes they've had and share them with the rest of the fairs as we move forward. Now, this week there's really no fairs going on, so we as an organization will try to take what we learned from these two fairs, pass it on to all the fairs that are still attempting, you know, maybe it's just 4-H like Putnam or maybe full-blown like Pickaway, and we will show their successes, and they're going to let us know any problems or difficulties that they run into. And, you know, hopefully we, it just makes it easier for the rest of us when we move forward. And that's, that's the important part about the organization, is how we share information and news and try to make every fair better every year. Well, and, and that's one thing I wanted to bring up as well, is that you mentioned having a fair every year. There are some fairs that will not happen this year, and it's because yeah. they want to have successful fairs for many, many years to come. Can you talk about the, the economic aspect of a county fair and the financial decision that had to be made through all this? Well, just just for instance, when... We were talking about just a junior fair. We reached out to every fair in our organization and told them to tell us what it would cost them to put on just a junior fair. And we did not get a 100% response, but at 75%, it was still like $6.7 million. You know, so they, the camping, the concessions, the rides, all these pay, pay the bills. And all these fairs that like a city fair, rents their facility just 
every weekend, and they couldn't do that. We had fairs that lost hundreds of thousands of dollars just in revenue. Uh, Virgil will tell you at the state fair how many contracts he had to cancel. Puts them all in a bind financially. As you visit with us here on our Ohio Weekly and listeners across the state that may be contemplating going to their county fair or not uh, based on their comfort level of, of getting out in public and, and, uh, and following all the guidelines to keep us safe, uh, kind of give, give me your sales pitch as to a county fair and, and why people should be trusting of them and, and be able to know they can go there and have a great time and still remain safe. Well, we're doing everything we can in signage and uh, sanitation stations, you know, all this to try to make people safe. That being said, Ty, if someone's not comfortable, you know, we certainly, we, we don't want them to come if they're not there to have a good time. I have several vendors at the Hartford Fair that have already called and said, hey, this is something we don't want to do, and we're fine with that. But that being said, we will do everything we can to make it as safe as possible. The health departments, everybody submitting a plan to the health department, the health department has to, you know, agree with that. Will we have complaints? Yeah, we probably will, but we just have to go with our plan and make it work. Rod Arter is president of the Ohio Fair Managers Association, our guest on Our Ohio Weekly. I know that you have been busy over these past couple of months, and I know that you're going to be even busier here over the next couple of months as more of these county fairs get uh, going over the summer. So thank you for taking time for us, and, and thank you for your insights. Anytime. Thank you. One of the last few businesses to get to open after the COVID-19 pandemic were casinos and racinos. How were they impacted over the last three months? We'll find out after this on Our Ohio Weekly. Here in Ohio, we grow possibilities. By investing in the soybean checkoff, farmers can concentrate on running their operations, while the Ohio Soybean Council creates new opportunities for future generations. The Soybean Checkoff works to get new soy-based products on the market, builds relationships with international buyers, and partners with researchers to increase yield and on-farm profitability. Learn more at soyohio.org slash herewegrow. This message brought to you by Ohio Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. With over 300,000 horses in Ohio, the economic impact of the equine industry in the state is valued at $1.4 billion. Much of that value comes from standard bred horse owners, breeders, trainers, and drivers who participate in the sport of harness racing in the Buckeye State, all supported by the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association. Since 1953, the mission of the OHHA is to preserve, protect, promote, and serve the entire standard bred industry in Ohio and beyond. And the relationship between OHHA members and Ohio agriculture is undeniable. Farmers provide feed, bedding and stables for the horses and in turn those amazingly fast four-legged athletes provide a major draw to ohio's county fairs bringing revenue to our rural communities ohha membership has its privileges members reap the benefits of having a strong voice for shaping statewide policies receive continuous industry education and valuable information in ohha newsletters and magazines check out ohha.com to find out how the ohio harness horsemen's association is making great strides for you that's ohha.com Brad, let me introduce you to one of the most important people in Peytonville. Is she the mayor? No, insurance agent. She must be really good. The best. That's why she chooses Nationwide to help protect all the families, businesses, and dreams in Peytonville. People really count on her. Seems like she's a local celebrity. She's a local legend. Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. Are you a small business owner supporting and involved with agriculture such as farm equipment, food processing, grocery store, or restaurant service? 
Do you continue to search for reliable and affordable health coverage? Then search no more. The Ohio Farm Bureau has taken action to offer a new self-funded medical plan to save on expenses. This new health benefits plan, administered in part by Medical Mutual, offers great rates, expanded well care, fixed monthly payments, and a variety of plan designs to meet your needs. Specialty products available to employees include dental, vision, and disability at specially discounted rates. This plan also includes a 24-7 nurse line and a physician consultation service for your convenience. Search no more. Visit ofbhealthbenefitsplan.org. Receive your exceptionally discounted quote today. That's ofbhealthbenefitsplan.org. More of Our Ohio Weekly with Ty Higgins next. Thank you, as always, for making Our Ohio Weekly a part of your weekend. I'm Ty Higgins. One of the first industries to shut down due to COVID-19 and the last ones to reopen, casinos and racinos. And along with them come Ohio's horse racing industry. On the line, the executive director of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association, Renee Mancino, and Dave Bassler, executive director of the Ohio Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. Welcome to Our Ohio Weekly. Thanks for having me, Ty. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Ty. As always, it's a pleasure. Dave, let's start with you. What has been the biggest challenge your industry has faced through COVID-19? I think like uh, many other industries, the loss of revenue uh, was the biggest challenge we faced. We had approximately 15 weeks uh, with no video lottery terminal revenue, slightly shorter period of time, uh, 14 weeks with uh, no paramutual wagering, uh, either on our live product or on uh, the import products at the track. So essentially, we lost between a quarter and a third of the year of total expected revenues. Uh, So recovering from that has been the biggest challenge that we faced. It is a business as well, Renee, and I want to talk about that a little bit because uh, just like in agriculture uh, for food production, you know, people think it just shows up at the grocery store, and but they don't realize farmers have to make a living and, and make a profit in order to do that. Uh, were there any programs that came through the federal or state government that, that your members could apply for? And if so, how much help did that offer? So as with any ag-based business, we were doing the same things that the other ag-based businesses were doing, watching all of the different programs that historically would exclude an agricultural business, but even with one additional wrinkle, because we walk the line with agriculture and also with, you know, sport and racing, we we had a double whammy because most of the products like the PPP and the emergency disaster loan product and, and those things that the SBA typically offers exclude both factions. So along with the Farm Bureau, we were lobbying just as hard on things to be able to have gaming and racing and, you know, sort of uh, the quasi uh, difficult position my people were in to be included in those. The most beneficial to my horsemen was the PPP loan, just the way that they operate their businesses. The EIDL loan, the um, Economic Impact Disaster Loan, wasn't as helpful. It had a lower dollar amount for forgiveness. So we did have some people utilize that, but that was more on the straight breeding farm end of things. So it was difficult just as with any, you know, ag-based farmer or, you know, individual that's in the ag arena until some of those restrictions on the SBA were loosened up. We are back to the track, uh, talking about doing some racing at county fairs now. Racinos, casinos are opened up, uh, spectators in the stands. Dave, how has the return to racing gone thus far? 
numbers have been very strong. I think we have benefited uh, from not having a lot of other sporting activity around. We are averaging at Thistledown in Cleveland about $1.1 million a day in all sources handle. That compares to about $740,000 a day through the same time period last year. Uh, so, you know, significant increase uh, at Belterra Park in Cincinnati, up about 17 or 18 percent all sources handle. Uh, so a, a good increase there, not quite as much as in Cleveland, but uh, business has been uh, has been strong. And, and I think that uh, that trend will continue. Unfortunately, we had uh, a percentage of our horse population that was let down a little uh, in terms of their training um, because of the uncertainty as when racing would resume. So some of those horses weren't being trained uh, in preparation for a June return. And because of that, uh, our field size hasn't been quite what I'd hoped it would be, uh, but the workout tab has is, is been very strong and, and entries were strong this week. So I think uh, as we move along, uh, we're going to see bigger field size and, and on the thoroughbred side, bigger field size leads to more handle. That's uh, That's been proven time and time again across the country. So I think we're, we're going to head in the right direction. Renee, that's an aspect I didn't think about until now. Uh, these horses are athletes. They need to be trained and kept in shape, and they didn't race for some 52 days. Uh, how hard is it to keep a horse in racing shape and, and keep them mentally race ready? Well, as everyone that has any equine athlete knows, it's tricky in some cases, and in others it's not that tricky. You know, some horses are ready to roll because it's what they love in their heart and soul from, you know, get-go, no matter what you do with them. Others, you know, they're just like people. If you give them a little vacation for a week, they think they need three weeks of vacation. So it's a tricky thing. It's a, it's a one-horse to one-horse sort of a uh, you know, formula that's going to be applied. And that's really why the trainers are so highly skilled in what they do and do an excellent job at bringing a horse to its athletic peak and keeping it there for even two months. Um, and we were ready to roll. I mean, these guys were, when we came back on the 16th for qualifying events with those 2,700 horses, if you will, that had to qualify, they were all ready to go. They had them all ready and on point. Before I let you two go, I mentioned that things are opening back up. How confident can our listeners be if they wanted to visit a racino or a casino, watch the horses race at the county fair, uh, that the CDC standards are in place and they're going to be safe? I, I can address the backside uh, more so than the front side, uh, and, and certainly uh, in the barn area and, and when our guys go to the paddock, there is a strict mass requirement. Uh, we have cleaning protocols that uh, that are strictly enforced by the Racing Commission. Uh, we are doing temperature checks for all the people that uh, reside on the backside every day. So we have a uh, an extensive series of protocols uh, for our horsemen. We do have a fair best practices packet on our COVID-19 page on our website. Uh, we provide recommendations and also we provide information based off all the current health orders that are out there. So we're just excited to be continuing at the fairs. That's one of our favorite, favorite times of the year. Renee Mancino, Executive Director of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association, and Dave Bassler, Executive Director of the Ohio Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. Our guest this week on Our Ohio Weekly. Back after this. 
You're listening to Our Ohio Weekly. I'm Ty Higgins, and it's time for To the Beat of Agriculture. There's a new show on TV called Tough as Nails, and one of our very own from the Buckeye State tried out for the show late in 2019. Let's head towards Marysville for more on this story. My name's Melissa Burns. I am from Milford Center, Ohio, and I am a proud Ohio farmer. We do organic and conventional crops, as well as produce, nine to 10 acres of produce. And then we also raise a bit of livestock, hogs, and beef to sell to local consumers. I'm proud to be a farmer because the best, I mean, we're feeding America, whether that's one grain, whether that's just beef, pork, we do the produce too. I mean, there's nothing better than being a farmer. Since I've been raised on a farm my whole life, my work ethic is probably better than most. And I credit that all to my background of being involved in the agriculture industry. Um, since I was little, I mean, we've been going to dairy shows my whole life. And we grew, we grew up on a dairy farm, us four kids. Um, so there's never really off, any off days. And like our family vacations were, was, our family vacations were the fair. So that's where we would go as a family and spend most of our time. So I think just the whole point of we're working for something and we're going to reap the benefits of it. And along our whole life, we've had struggles and we've had good years, bad years. And then I married a grain farmer and it's the same concept there. Um, And there's really, we just have to keep working to build something for our future. And I am pregnant. So now that, that's in the mix we're always thinking about the future and what we have in store for our little one whether that's a boy or a girl or my mother which is i'm the youngest of four my mom's name is joyce and she grew up on a beef farm in marion county and then she decided to have dairy cattle when she was younger and then that's how we kind of got into the ayrshire breed which is our primary breed of cattle and she just, I mean, she still works so hard and she's in almost, I think she's like in her 60s, she's 65, I think. But she's never, ever stopped and she made sure, like, we went to every show. We were in 4-H, FFA, uh, and then Farm Bureau, of course. But she just made sure we got to every single thing and the cattle shows and she was always with us all the time and she just was heavily involved in anything. And she can still lift those square bales and just she's a tough lady and I get my toughest nails from my mother that's for sure this morning producers held a casting call in over the Rhine for tough as nails it's a show that will spotlight blue-collar men and women who keep America running this includes all kinds of professions from farmers to carpenters to linemen Every day we have to get out in the rain, snow, anything you can imagine and get work done. We feed America so they don't have, it's no time frame. Eight to five is not happening on our watch. Tough as Nails, new series Wednesday, July 8th on CBS. Tough as Nails, I still reached out to me on Instagram uh, around October and asked me to try out for the show. And they had a casting call in Cincinnati in November. Uh, it was very weird, and I was, like, talking to my husband, Ron, and I'm like, Ron, still, still some amazing races, like, messaging me on Instagram. 
And he's like, what? I was like, no, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> and then I ended up Skyping with him because I didn't believe it was really him. <laughs> and he's like, this has happened before. I'm, like, I'm sorry. I just, I'm never, I'm like honored. <laughs> and then I went out for the show. And then I, I went there in November to Cincinnati, which I'm so lucky it was close to us. And Ron and I went and then we did the burpee challenge. So I did, I did 89 burpees in eight minutes. It was for mental toughness, mainly, like those who pushed through. And I just kept going. They recorded everything, and they just checked it all out. And then they asked me back to California a month later, right before Christmas. There was 40 of us. And we did some interviewing and talked to the directors, and they were just seeing our, all of our personalities. And then I got the phone call. I'm going to California, and I made it. I couldn't believe it, and then they're like, okay, you're going to be there in January. Okay. I was, I was there for 29 days. I know. It was, oh, my gosh, it was so much fun. But well, I, the whole experience, like, ah! It's so crazy to even think I was in California not that long ago. <laughs> the whole crew, the whole cast, it was absolutely amazing. And I think, like, because all of us are just so, like, we're just, I just not gonna say average people, but I mean we're hardworking individuals, and I think we were just so laid back and just so low key. They didn't know what to do with us out there. Like we we were just like, what are we doing? Like where are we going? Like I'm extremely hyper and a little bit sassy, but <laughs> you'll yeah you'll see all our personalities on the show. I promise. It's just nothing like any other reality TV show. That's all I'm gonna say. And people will, their minds will be blown. You don't have to have a million followers or anything on any social media platform to get noticed and just be yourself. And that's how I've been my whole life. And I've, I got chosen to be a part of this amazing opportunity. Everyone can be tough as nails, basically, if they want to be. That's the voice of Milford Center, Ohio farmer Melissa Burns, a contestant on the new CBS show, Tough as Nails. Check your local listings and on-demand services to find out more. We'll be right back on Our Ohio Weekly. $500 in bonus cash on eligible Ford vehicles. $750 in bonus cash on eligible Lincoln vehicles. All it takes is to be or become a member of the Ohio Farm Bureau. Bonus cash applies to purchases and leases. For all the program requirements and details, visit OFBF.org. Big bonus cash on new Fords and Lincolns exclusively for Ohio Farm Bureau members. Visit OFBF.org. Brad, let me introduce you to one of the most important people in Peytonville. Is she the mayor? No, insurance agent. She must be really good. The best. That's why she chooses Nationwide to help protect all the families, businesses, and dreams in Peytonville. People really count on her. Seems like she's a local celebrity. She's a local legend. Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. Are you a small business owner supporting agriculture, such as farm equipment, food processing, grocery store, or restaurant service? 
Do you continue to search for reliable and affordable health coverage? Search no more. The Ohio Farm Bureau has taken action to offer a new self-funded medical plan to save on expenses. This new health benefits plan, administered in part by Medical Mutual, offers great rates, expanded well care, and a variety of plans designed to meet your needs. Specialty products available to employees include dental, vision, and disability at specially discounted rates. This plan also includes a 24-7 nurse line and a physician consultation service for your convenience. Search no more. Visit OFBHealthBenefitsPlan.org. Receive your exceptionally discounted quote today. That's OFBHealthBenefitsPlan.org. OFBHealthBenefitsPlan.org. This is Our Ohio Weekly. Thanks for listening. I'm Ty Higgins. You hear us talk an awful lot about the value of membership to Ohio Farm Bureau. We can save you the headache of burdensome regulations. We can save you money if you buy a new truck or a tractor. We can also save your financial future. Ohio Farm Bureau and Nationwide putting together a series of educational webinars to learn strategies and tips to help manage future financial decisions with confidence. Tim Hicks is the Business Development Field Director with Ohio Farm Bureau. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, managing the, the changes of, of daily life and, uh, uh, for family and the farm. Well, I think you know, those changes go along with what we're talking about now in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, it seems like it's getting to be where every penny kind of counts now with what's happening in agriculture and in our society. But we're also a little bit more aware about how uh, webinars work. I think we've all been thrown into the fire uh, with certain uh, social media platforms and, and certain uh, software to, to figure out how to communicate by staying at home with those uh, not only in our community but around the world. So talk about uh, these financial wellness webinars and why they're so important for our members to take part in. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the Ohio Farm Bureau Financial Essentials Program actually started a couple of years ago. Uh, as, as we were working with Nationwide and furthering our relationship, recognized and realized that Nationwide has a wealth of value and information and knowledge, as well as products and resources that are available to our members. And we wanted to figure out some ways that we could kind of impart some of that knowledge and education to our members to help them protect what matters most being able to best manage and develop that pathway towards security in the financial space really comes at you from uh, several different angles. Realized in the conversation with Nationwide that uh, we needed to bring in some additional partners. So we brought in legal resources with Right More Law. We brought in uh, Farm Credit Mid-America from a, a lender's perspective. And as we evaluated the, the different programs over the last couple of years with some support from AgCredit and uh, OSU Extension, we were going full steam into this year and had a series of different in-person workshops set up. And obviously the world changed uh, here uh, early this spring. Uh, we've adapted and I'm really excited to be able to take the core concepts of essentials in retirement planning, farm transition planning, and, and financial risk management, and deliver them in a virtual setting that uh, still has the, 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 the touch and the feel and the, and the impact that some of our previous workshops have had, but deliver it in a, a virtual setting. So um, we uh, have 
a good deal of information. We've got great partners with Write More, Farm Credit Mid-America, and certainly nationwide, and a host of different advisors that will be kind of uh, on cue and in the ready to be able to speak to and help uh, our members um, get them on the on the right path for uh, a brighter financial future. And th- these are big topics. These are important topics uh, for the present and the future and your family and the farm and everything that goes into what we do every day. What are some of the upcoming webinars and how can our members get involved? So th- and there's actually um, a, a, a host of different information that we're going to be able to offer. Um, the, the, the July 21st webinar on healthcare is part of a year-long series that Nationwide has put together, and they've communicated this out to all of the sponsor states that they work with state farm bureaus uh, across the nation, and uh, they hold an hour-long session on how to, how to engage and how to answer questions related to health care costs in retirement. Every month, Nationwide is hosting a, a webinar that's going to focus on a uh, on, a, on a fundamental issue that you might have, whether it's Social Security, long-term care, uh, health care, life insurance. There's always something that's available uh, to folks, and these are also on demand. Everything is available off of our website at ofbf.org slash financial dash essentials. So if you uh, go to our website, ofbf.org, and search financial essentials, that should uh, get you where you need to be. Yeah, you talk about a member benefit. Uh, you're getting our members uh, with Nationwide in front of experts that can answer the questions that we might have in our head uh, for days, months, or years. We can finally get them out there and get the answers we need. Exactly right. And it's so it's so helpful and so nice to work with partners that uh, want to provide good, sound information to members like Nationwide, like Write More, like Farm Credit Mid-America. Uh, the, the, the Nationwide Partnership is as strong and as powerful as ever. And in all of the conversations that we have with Nationwide, uh, it's always centered on and focused on how do we together help solve the challenges of our of our members and of the, of the farming community. Tim Hicks is the Business Development Field Director with Ohio Farm Bureau. You can find out more about the Nationwide Financial Wellness Webinars and about Ohio Farm Bureau's financial essentials as a whole online at ofbf.org. Just search Financial Essentials. Tim, thank you. Hey, thank you. Back with more Our Ohio Weekly after this. For many, the COVID-19 crisis made it feel like the world stopped. But for Ohio Farm Bureau and our members, the work never did. As you spend early mornings in the barn and late nights in the field, Ohio Farm Bureau continues to be at the forefront, advocating and educating to help our members navigate through these challenges. Ohio's resilient agriculture community will get through this with the strength of the state's largest farm organization. Get updates and become a member at ofbf.org stillfarming Ohio Farm Bureau, together with farmers. Brad. Let me introduce you to one of the most important people in Peytonville. Is she the mayor? No, insurance agent. She must be really good. The best. That's why she chooses Nationwide to help protect all the families, businesses, and dreams in Peytonville. People really count on her. Seems like she's a local celebrity. She's a local legend. Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. Hi, this is John Maryhew, Director of Member Services for the Ohio Farm Bureau. Case IH is a proud supporter of the Ohio Farm Bureau, working to build strong, prosperous agricultural communities, 
the Ohio Farm Bureau protects the future of your farm and your neighbor's farms all year long. And thanks to this strong partnership, Ohio Farm Bureau members receive a discount up to $500 on qualifying Case IH equipment. Choose from Case IH Farm All Series tractors, including Compact, Utility, and 100A Series, and Maxim Series tractors as well. Plus save on hay and forage equipment like self-propelled windrowers, mower conditioners, and large square round balers. This discount may be used with other promotions, rebates, or offers. And it's available for every qualifying Case IH tractor and piece of equipment you purchase. Join Ohio Farm Bureau today to pocket up to $500 in savings. Get your discount by visiting OFBF.org. Where can your Ohio Farm Bureau member benefits take you? No matter the destination, Avis and Budget Rental Car will get you there. Did you know that Ohio Farm Bureau members can save up to 25% off base rates and are eligible to receive other rental car discounts like dollars off or a free upgrade? So before you put that car in drive, log on to OFBF.org slash savings and click on the Avis or Budget logo. Avis and Budget, great rental car discounts exclusive to Ohio Farm Bureau members. Find them at OFBF.org slash savings. Show your Ohio Farm Bureau pride with a new t-shirt, hat, or hoodie. Available now at OFBF.org shop. The new Farm Bureau logo is now featured on a full line of clothing for men, women, kids, and babies. You can even add the Farm Bureau mark on water bottles, mugs, cell phone cases, and more. All from one spot. OFBF.org shop. A bandana for the dog, a pillow for the couch, or an apron for the grill master. OFBF.org shop. That's OFBF.org shop. With over 300,000 horses in Ohio, the economic impact of the equine industry in the state is valued at $1.4 billion. Much of that value comes from standard bred horse owners, breeders, trainers, and drivers who participate in the sport of harness racing in the Buckeye State, all supported by the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association. Since 1953, the mission of the OHHA is to preserve, protect, promote, and serve the entire standard bred industry in Ohio and beyond. And the relationship between OHHA members and Ohio agriculture is undeniable. Farmers provide feed, bedding and stables for the horses and in turn those amazingly fast four-legged athletes provide a major draw to ohio's county fairs bringing revenue to our rural communities ohha membership has its privileges members reap the benefits of having a strong voice for shaping statewide policies receive continuous industry education and valuable information in ohha newsletters and magazines check out ohha.com to find out how the ohio harness horsemen's association is making great strides for you that's ohha.com Stick around. Our Ohio Weekly with Ty Higgins continues following these messages. Welcome back to Our Ohio Weekly. I'm Ty Higgins. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues to impact communities across the state, the Ohio Beef Council has established the Beef Families Care Fund. Elizabeth Harsh joins us. She's the executive director of the Ohio Beef Council. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Ty. Good to talk to you. You too. Who's going to benefit from uh, this Beef Families Care Fund? This fund is a unique fund, and uh, it's to benefit those folks in need. We want to make sure we get beef and beef nutrition education in the hands of hungry Ohioans that really need it and to use those organizations that are working to fill that need. How does the program work? Well, the Beef Family Cares Fund was established as a one-time effort um, really to address the needs we see in these challenging and unique times. You know, there's been a cancellation of so many programs um, in everybody's marketing portfolio, and the Ohio Beef Council is no different. 
as we look at the backlog of cattle and um, so many things and uh, we see the need that's went unfilled in terms of um, what's happening in our communities, we just thought it was the perfect time to redirect funds. And so the leadership of the Ohio Beef Council took advantage of that opportunity to create this fund to really partner with folks working at the local level, that's through county groups of all different shapes and size, to get beef in the hands of uh, families that really need it. How are the funds going to be raised? Well, the funds are based on checkoff dollars, um, beef checkoff dollars here in the state of Ohio that have been redirected. And it's a matching program where local nonprofit county groups, um, agriculture groups here in Ohio that are working with a partner, a food bank, food pantry, et cetera, can actually apply on our website uh, for a grant up to $5,000. And this will be used for something associated with beef, either the purchase, uh, a matching purchase of beef, or perhaps to pay processing costs to actually get the product harvested, ready to be distributed. Where will the beef come from? The beef will be from here in Ohio. Uh, we encourage our folks to work with local processors where there's an opportunity to do so. Certainly, um, again, you know, we've seen that backlog of market-ready cattle, and uh, wherever we can do something that works with our local processing facilities, that would be ideal in this program. You know, you mentioned we're going through some difficult times as a society, and uh, for many that means that they have to change their diets and maybe take beef out of the equation. Why is it so important to include beef into a healthy diet? You know, in our experiences of working with um, all those organizations, food banks, et cetera, that do such great work, they will always say that the thing that is the most important is uh, that they need protein. And certainly uh, beef fits that bill tremendously in terms of a high-quality source of protein. So we're just feel really fortunate that Ohio's beef farm families, that's really what it's about. It's being funded by the, the beef families across the state of Ohio that pay that beef checkoff are able to actually do this um, and help um, fill this need um, this summer. You mentioned how it's getting right down to the local level. So how can organizations that want to get involved in, and become a part of this program apply? Well, we need to make sure that organizations are partnering with a local county ag group, a nonprofit group, for example, a county farm bureau, a county cattlemen's association. And all they have to do is go to the Ohio Beef Council website, and they can get all the details, and there's an actual application there on site, and they can apply. They do need to apply up front, and then once approved, they will be reimbursed after the project is uh, completed. Elizabeth Harsh, Executive Director of the Ohio Beef Council. You and I last chatted uh, about two and a half months ago talking about what your industry was going through as far as COVID-19. Uh, we've seen restrictions ease. We've seen restaurants open back up. Things are not getting back to normal, but at least starting to open up and ease a little bit. Uh, give me an, an industry update as far as Ohio beef is concerned. How are things looking today? Well, you know, things are in a much better place. But as we talk to um, cattle feeders out around the state, there's still a backlog of cattle. Um, there's still some challenges on that front. While greatly improved, I think it's going to take a while to work out of those. And as we look more at these longer-term solutions, we're kind of past those uh, short-term immediate response that we came, that we saw come out of that initial um legislative action, you know, the CARES Act, if you will, that created so many opportunities, such as some payments to restore some of that market loss that our producers incurred. Now we're kind of looking a little more long-term and some of those additional needs because 
really some of the dates are probably not correct um, in um, that program. And so we're looking at those issues where we can further help our producers going forward because the need's still there. And we really see that impacting greatly, specifically Ohio's cow-calf and backgrounders. Elizabeth Harsh with the Ohio Beef Council and the Ohio Cattlemen's Association. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Our Ohio Weekly is supported by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side and produced by Ohio Farm Bureau. Working together for Ohio farmers to advance agriculture and strengthen our communities. Be sure to visit Our Ohio Weekly's podcast page to listen to previous episodes at ofbf.org slash Our Ohio Weekly. I'm Ty Higgins. We'll see you down the road.